What's up guys, I'm Chino. Throughout my journey, I have learned to take each moment, job, relationship, and opportunity as a gift. Each week, I will be sharing my personal experiences, fresh insight from my guests, and discussing topics that help listeners best relate to the journey. I'm deeply passionate about sharing what I've learned in my life to help inspire, motivate, and show that we are never alone. With hardships comes healing, and with personality comes hoops. This is Chino's Best. Episode one. Yes, guys, this is amazing. I'm so excited. Thank you to anyone and everyone who is taking a moment to listen to this. I could not be more thankful. I'm going to start by telling you that I'm super, super nervous. Um, I'm actually just sitting alone in my room, so I have no excuse to be nervous. I'm literally talking to myself, which I know we all do all the time, but the fact that it's being recorded adds like a different level of pressure, I guess. <laughs> but I did want to come on here uh, this first episode. I just wanted everyone to kind of get a taste of what I'm trying to do for this project. And yes, for me, this is a project that will lead to becoming a lifestyle. And it's really, really important to me. I think for those of you who know me personally, you can attest to the fact that this is something I'm super passionate about. The whole point of it is to help people, whether that be motivating, whether that be inspiring or guiding or simply giving someone some new insight um, from my life or one of the guests that are going to be on the show. So I think it's really important to explain the fact that this will be something that coincides with my blog. For those of you who already follow and already read, again, I'm eternally grateful. I don't write those things uh, for myself. The concept of writing is definitely a therapeutic thing. I have a degree in English. I love writing. I wanted to be a journalist. Um, so you can see where that all falls into play. But the deep-seated motivation for me is genuinely to do whatever I can to help someone else. So with all of that being said, I just wanted to use this first episode to tell you a little bit about myself, a little bit about what you can expect from this podcast, and try not to swallow my spit too much and enunciate my words so it doesn't sound like complete garbage when people listen to this. Anyways, um, so actually, I think I should start by telling you guys my real name is McKinsey. There's a lot of people that don't know that, which I think is absolutely hilarious that I basically made an alias and it took off. And uh, don't get me wrong, I love being called Chino. It's like the perfect nickname and it's it's quite wonderful. <laughs> like it's played into everything else that I do from Instagram to this podcast to the blog, blah, blah, blah. You get the point. But my name is McKinsey. Uh, I am one of three girls. My poor dad. Um, I am the black sheep middle child. So if that doesn't just fully explain who I am as a person, I really don't know what will. But I was born and raised in Indianapolis, um, starting on like I would say the south side, but it was closer to downtown, like 
the University of Indianapolis area. Um, I didn't get further south until my parents divorced when I was in third grade. And then uh, I lived over near like the Center Grove area um, with split households. So anyways, uh, born and raised Indianapolis, went to Perry Meridian High School, graduated class of 2010. Uh, I played volleyball. I ran track and I really, really zoned in on volleyball. Um, I was blessed enough to get a full-ride scholarship for college, and I had multiple offers after the first college I was at and ended up trying out a couple different schools, realized it wasn't for me, uh, left and came back home to IUPUI, moved in with my older sister, and just started you know, getting more serious about making money. And truly, this is no exaggeration. Like I will never discredit someone who is in college, but I also will never discredit someone who decides to wait. I think it's imperative that people realize that if you're not ready, please don't waste the money. And I'm sure there's some parent out there that's like shaking their head, like saying I'm an idiot for saying that. But at the end of the day, Really, the only reason I first went to school was because it was free for me. But definitely, since it was free, I took advantage of that. And I did 1 million percent learn a lot. I met a lot of great people, amazing friends. I had the experience of being two and a half hours away, which if you're going to go to college, I highly recommend you go somewhere else. Go away and get out of your comfort zone. Get away from the normal surroundings you're used to. Um, it really, really taught me some survival techniques. It taught me that, hey, I don't know anything around here. Why don't I go explore? So it definitely added to that sense of independence that I feel a lot of us lose. Because trust me, I get it. You know, comfort zones are everything. I mean, without them, we wouldn't understand like suffering. We wouldn't understand finding ourselves or personal growth because your comfort zones are something you recognize you can come back to. But I do think it's imperative to stretch away from that and create new zones for yourself. Uh, I did that honestly through nature. So I went to a lot of parks. I went to a lot of, um, I don't know if ravine is the right word, and I'm refusing to Google anything on this first episode because I don't I don't want it to be uh, is it unauthentic, inauthentic, what a, unauthentic, dude. I need a nap is what this is telling me. But anyways, um, came home from college, went to IPY, just constantly working, hated IPY. Um, And then from that point, I just continued to work and hustle and do whatever I could to make money. And I think that's just been a trend that I've always had. Um, You know, in my household growing up, it was never, nothing we ever wanted to do was given to us. Now, my parents were not, you know, Nazis. They weren't like ridiculous, but they did instill in us from an early age, like, hey, you want to do that? okay, well, how are you going to earn that? So it would break down to, yes, I would like to go to the movies, but should I clean the kitchen first? Like, hey, I need 10 bucks. Should I cut the grass? Hey, the next door neighbor is teaching dance lessons, which by the way, I did take dance lessons there. She was an original Rockette from New York City. So 
hello dance. Um, but I did do anything that I could just to just to earn money or earn an opportunity. And a lot of the time, like our, our parents didn't pay us, but it was, hey, can I pick out the movie at Blockbuster tonight? And it was followed by, I'll give you a foot massage or I'll vacuum the whole house. So I think from a very like early age, um, my parents did a really, really great job at teaching us that we needed to earn anything we wanted. So, gosh, I'm trying to think. That's just really a brief summary. Currently, I'm 27. I still have three jobs and I'm starting this podcast, picking up on my blog and starting a jewelry line. And I just think it's really incredible you know, the opportunities that I've had, the opportunities that I've earned, and really just trying to work harder as a human being to get to the next level in my life. So a little family background. Um, I mentioned that I am one of three girls. My older sister is eight years older than me. She's an insurance agent, mom of one, been married 15 years, you know, just very, very classy, very strong, a very pivotal person in my life. Uh, She's always been someone that I can call to, call on, and has truly never judged me. Like, that is no exaggeration. I mean, yeah, she'll like shit on my life sometimes with a silly joke or something and make fun of the fact that I sound like a Kardashian and that I think I'm this bougie little, like, (laughs) celebrity sometimes. Um, But she's never fully ever like meant it like she's never made me feel bad about my decisions or who I am as a person and I honestly think that she is the reason that I became so obsessed with hoop earrings um my sister you know she always represented such a strong and classy and independent athletic like full force like not to be reckoned with and she was always wearing hoops always and not only wearing hoops but typically with a ball cap, and she was always very intelligent, made straight A's, you know, got a scholarship to Butler, like just an all-around brilliant person. So I think that's where that kind of started. Um, And my little sister is like the Kylie Jenner of our family. Like she, to me, I'm like, oh my God, you're so perfect. Like who the fuck has two kids and a six-pack? Like can we let that sink in for a moment? How is that possible? I have no kids and like a four-pack. And Well, I mean, I should just work harder, like point blank, but she is four years younger than me. So Jessica's eight years older. Tony's four years younger. I was a little bit closer to my little sister growing up just because that age gap was a little smaller, but now she has two kids of her own. She is also an insurance agent. She is in a very healthy and amazing relationship. You know, they're building a home. So basically what I'm getting at is my sisters have their like romantic and family lives together and I freaking don't. So there's that. Fast forward growing up to third grade. My parents got a divorce. Um, My dad was probably one of the most sincere and coolest people I've ever met in my life rest in heaven. Uh, My dad passed away in 2015. And that's definitely another episode we're going to talk about suicide awareness, you know, all of that. I cannot wait to dig into that. But um, rest in heaven to Steve. So third grade parents get a divorce. My dad's super dope. He like 
does all the things like to prove that he's like the cooler parent so we would like take chalk and we could draw on our bunk beds they were made out of wood like it was it was great we got to do all the shit that my mom would have fucking freaked out about so that was a good time he played music he was in a band for like 30 years so everything in our lives was like live music we were hearing him play guitar all the time um shout out to my favorite song being hotel california by eagles and it was because of my dad so i was blessed to be raised with like legitimate music i I can't even tell you, like, my mom was Journey, Bee Gees, like, a little bit of Shania Twain on her good days. My dad was, like, 70s, 80s, 90s rock music. My older sister was hip-hop. So I get this kaleidoscope of genres that really just exposed me to appreciating multiple kinds of music. My dad got remarried when I was in eighth grade and that was that was a oh that was a phase for me I was in braces my face was like just super fat I thought it was cute and I wasn't you know how we all had like those Taylor Swift curls that we should have combed out but we didn't understand the concept and they were just ringlets that was my life uh so (laughs) I can appreciate the fact that I now know how to style myself um but my dad got remarried in eighth grade I used to be super close to my stepmom we have since parted our relationship um which also that'll be another episode just you know what it means to open chapters and close chapters whether it be friends family you know you don't have to keep certain people around in your life if they are toxic to your life whether it's blood or not and I think that's very 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 important for people to understand and then we jump back to my mom my mom never got remarried Uh, my mom and I are not very close we have made multiple attempts to be close Uh, we just did not get along you know it was constantly like yelling at each other smacking each other me getting just so frustrated with her and having like this typical just attitude honestly like what young teenage girl doesn't have an attitude and I would just freaking push her buttons and then as I got older it was like dude you don't I mean you don't help me with anything you have no say so in what I'm doing with my money or my time and that just created a void between us so we've definitely gone through chapters where we're more like friends uh, but then we also shoot back to chapters where it's just not I mean, it's just not a good idea for us to be around each other. Um, So my mom and my little sister, though, BFFs for life. It's actually like if I can't have it, I'm glad that my little sister does. And it's definitely spurred like a lot of jealousy between our relationship as sisters and a lot of anxiety and at times a lot of negativity just because, I mean, how do you choose that you're going to like one child better than the other. You know what I'm saying? Like for those of you who are parents out there and you're like, oh, I can't even imagine. Yeah, me neither. But it was my life. And uh, I just I'm glad that if I can't have it, though, my little sister gets that opportunity. My mom is a great grandmother to my sister's kids. And I think that that's what's most important. So that's a little bit of a background on my family. Uh, My mom's siblings all stayed here in Indiana. My dad's siblings are all scattered through multiple states. Um, 
And it's just, it's a very, very different dynamic. And I kind of understand and relate to my dad's side more just because I'm super independent. I'm not a homebody. I'm going out, I'm meeting new people, I'm networking constantly, I'm creating friendships. And I really do think like, no bullshit guys, I think it's because I come from a broken home. And so I honor my friendships like like family or I want my friends to be as close as family. Like if there's an event going on in my life, my best of the best friends are there and I want to share that experience with people and I get I get very attached to my friendships more than I do my family. Like my little sister and I have gone through chapters where we don't speak for months, but my friends and I like if I don't talk to one of my best friends every day, every other day, I'm I'm definitely upset. So shout out to Chelsea <laughs> for 17 years of being my therapist, my dancing partner, my best friend. Like I truly, I mean, I really don't know what I would do without her. So that is a little bit of background on my family. Um, work-wise, I'm a hustler. Like that's no bullshit. I hustle, I hustle, I hustle. If there's a will, there's a way. If I can make money, I'm going to find it. So I would say I can just start from my first like real job because I feel like when I was younger, I was cutting grass, shoveling snow, you know, just doing anything to sometimes just not even be in my house. Um, But other times because I was like, well, you know, if I go rake this, I'm going to make $5 and $5 back in like, 2000 was a big deal and for those of you who are born after 2000 please get off this podcast because you're not old enough yet just kidding you can do whatever you want anyways I um my first real job in high school was finish line and I'm gonna try and go in like chronological order so finish line then Hollister then DSW, shout out to Belinda, shout out to her new salon in Fountain Square, Indy, Maine. We met at DSW like 10 years ago. Cannot wait for you guys to learn more about her on this show. Um, at the same time as DSW, I was working at Buca de Beppo and I met one of my best friends to this day, Brittany, met her there and I just see like I collect humans as I go. I'm like, oh, you're great. We vibe. Let's stick together. So uh, Buca de Beppo. And then I continue to work at Bupa, Bupa, Buca through the summers when I would return from college. And then from Buca, I guess that takes me to college. And when I was working in college, shit. I was playing college volleyball. Practices were at like 4.30 in the morning. We had two a-days. We had three a-days. I took 18 credit hours. And then I also was working. I started at this like little hole-in-the-wall pub that ended up getting shut down. And I was just a server there. And I think that's where I really got my first taste of serving. uh, Because at Buca de Beppo, I was a hostess and like sometimes the servers were dope and they would tip me out and they'd be like hey thanks for like helping fill up my section quick and like paying attention to flipping the tables blah 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 but I never had like monetary value of the work I was putting in because to me like a paycheck's a paycheck 
yeah, it's dope. You're making money, but I wanted the money now and I wanted to find a way that I could put that shit in my pocket and immediately use it and not wait two weeks. So I was serving and then I ended up shifting over to Walmart. And for those of you who think Walmart is like a joke, which shopping wise now for me, sometimes I feel that way, but I think it's all based on, you know, what area you're in as well. There's a lot of there's a lot of factors but Walmart is such a well-oiled machine I learned so much about the concept of like stay in your lane you don't bother other people other people don't bother you then your manager doesn't bother you you don't bother your manager like it truly just makes so much sense and everyone was always kind but they were never bothering you they were never like what are you doing what do you have to do today blah 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 it would be like hey Mackenzie this is where you're gonna be today I just need you to perfect that section, that area while you're in it. And honestly, I was very, very blessed and very thankful to get that opportunity at Walmart because it really is such a well-oiled machine. Um, Then let me think. I was at a tanning salon called Larry Paul because a lot of the volleyball girls were working there. Um, One of the girls I played with was a pageant queen, and I was just obsessed with her. I thought she was just so beautiful. I loved being around her family. Her family, like, threw me birthday parties when I was away at college, like, family birthday parties, because at that time, like, I was two and a half hours away from home, wasn't speaking to my mother, and my dad and my stepmom never, like, came out to college to see me, except for my, like, senior night game, um... So it was very lonely and my whole first year of school I didn't have a I didn't have a car. So I either had to borrow a car from a teammate or I had to say, "Hey, do you want to come to Indianapolis and hang out with me um and meet my family?" So I was very very lucky to have that outlet, that family experience while I was there. And so she worked at Larry Paul. I wanted to work at Larry Paul and it was tanning salon, but we were bed detailers and let me just tell you, if you ain't not, like yeah, I I can't even find the words to how disgusting it is to clean up another human's pool of sweat when you know their naked ass was just laying on that bed. The Lord only knows what is on that person's skin. Did they wash themselves that day? Like the thoughts that you have as you're cleaning up someone's sweat, you have no idea. It's atrocious. <laughs> so... That being said, moving on to the next job. Oh, man, I got an internship at JD Byrider where my mentor there is still now my mentor in life. And he and his wife are just incredible humans. They have twin girls. They're very important to me. They are guiding lights that represent, you know, what a marriage should look like, what hard work should look like. And I have never come across more like sound and just good humans that I respect in every aspect and then I turned 21 and whoa buddy let me just tell you how at the moon changed my life that is no exaggeration I loved working at Howl. now also there were definitely days where you get like like stiffed on like five checks and you sit there and you're like fuck this I hate everyone I'm never coming back I'm quitting we've all had those days but 
Howl was all live music and prior to now, I mean, I've been there a couple times and not to knock Howl at the Moon, but it's just completely corporate now and it kind of took the fun out of the experience of the dirty jokes that were made on stage you know calling people on stage and and basically making it like stand-up comedy mixed with your favorite classic songs um so it it really was just like a representation of everything I had been raised with you know my dad's band playing this classic rock music and like songs like piano man that we all know every word to I got to experience that every single week like Thursday through Saturday sometimes Wednesday through Saturday so to me it was perfect because that's what fueled me you know live music getting to meet new people getting to talk to new people and at the same time of how at the moon I also was working at Buffalo Wild Wings I was going to IEPY and again, oh, and I even was at JD Byrider still, and then uh, was done with JD Byrider, and just like I said, constantly hustling. Um, and then my dad passed away in 2015, and I left Howl at the Moon. I got an opportunity to bartend, and I shifted over to Tiki Bob's. So at Howl at the Moon, I was still a server. And as a server, you can make incredible amounts of money. You know, it, I mean, you do your job you typically get compensated as such. Um, but I knew that bartending money was a whole new ball game and that I needed that. And I wanted to start putting some money away. I wanted to start grinding, which let me just stop and say that I still don't know how to put money away. I'm working on it every single day on saving my money and the concepts of saving. It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I don't grasp it, but I'm working on it. So went and bartended (laughs) and I was bartending loved it it was fast-paced it was just uh like so cliche to say like a whole new ball game but I shit you not it was insane and for those of you who have never bartended a little tidbit we are memorizing like four people's orders at the same time we're memorizing what ingredients goes in like I almost said specific and particular and said Pacific. Um, Specific drink orders. We're memorizing what goes in those. We are memorizing the prices because no one likes to give their money before they know what they're getting. You know what I'm saying? Like someone could be like, hey, can I get four beers and two shots of Jack? And like in your head, you have to say, oh, yeah, $26 before they hand you some type of credit card or cash. So I think that for those of you who have never bartended, please keep that in mind. Keep that in mind that we're memorizing your face. Sometimes we'll memorize your name. Uh, we're memorizing what you ordered, how many of what you ordered, what goes into that drink order, the prices. It's just, it's a lot happening at one time. So shout out to all the bartenders out there. From there, I went to Bartini's. And let me just, just so this is public knowledge, I got fired from Tiki Bob's. Do we all want to know why? (laughs) My little sister is going to die. So I won't mention any names, but there was a particular person at Tiki Bob's who had a crush on my little sister and my little sister was underage, which I should have known better. But this person was in a power position. And at the end of the day, their say so is what mattered. And I never served my underage sister. Uh, But yeah. She was allowed in that bitch all the time. And then it fell under new management. And (laughs) I pretty much got told in the middle of a Saturday shift, like, 
you can go home. And I was so mad. I was so mad because my sister was in there and it was new management and they were like, dude, no, she cannot be in here. Y'all both have to leave. So at that point, I texted my mom and I was like, hey, this is the level of money I'm making and Tony just got me fired. So you need to give me that money until I find a new job. And then I proceeded to go out and get drunk with my little sister because what a terrible experience. But anyways, I think that's funny to share. I went over to Bartini's and I would say Bartini's was probably like the best experience I had, not money wise, but like being happy wise. I still to this day have friends that I made at Bartini's and I have friends I made at all those places, but Bartini's was just a whole new ball game of like a familial connection with everyone and we would all shoot the shit we would all have a good time it was just it was a whole different atmosphere it was a little more low-key and it wasn't as busy as the places I had gone before um but the connections were much more genuine and I appreciated that so at that time, I was also given the opportunity to work for Enterprise Rent-A-Car, which let me just tell you, best experience I've ever had in my life. I learned so much from that opportunity and I crushed it. I did really well in sales, but I was also going through things as a young woman and you know, basically that concept of when you are in that corporate world, you, there are things you cannot say and you cannot do. And I didn't like that I had to alter either my morality code or alter, you know, people treating me poorly because of status or because of, you know, what they thought was right versus what I thought was right. And I could never really defend myself in those situations because let's face it, that's corporate America. And it ended up being something that did not work out for me in the end. Um, but to that, it was the best experience that I've had career-wise. And it really did teach me a lot. And I think if you're thinking about enterprise or you're working at enterprise, you will learn so much. Go for it. It was an incredible opportunity to which I still have takeaways. Uh, God, what year is it? Like four years later, three years later. So um, was working at Enterprise, and that's kind of where Chino came along. So when I was at Hell at the Moon, one of my buddies was a bar back. His name's Devon, and I don't really know where it came from. I don't know like how he created it, but my last name is Chinoweth. So he one day was like, Chino, and I just looked at him and I was like, ooh, ooh, okay, okay. And I loved it. I loved how it sounded. I loved that it was like this alter ego type of person. So I ran with it. And then when I got hired at Enterprise, there was another McKinsey and she had been there for a little bit longer than I had. And she was also in the same area that I was working in. So it was like a sister store. And they were like, you know, do you have a nickname? Like, what can we call you? Or we'll make a nickname because we already have a McKinsey. And I was like, yeah, Chino. And then it just freaking took off. And everyone at Enterprise was calling me Chino. Everyone in the bar scene was calling me Chino. And I was like, holy shit, I have literally created this alias, like a completely different name. And honestly, I know this sounds so silly, 
But I highly suggest this for anyone who is in the service industry, but also pursuing your dreams career-wise, whether it be in school, whether it be in the corporate world, because let's just face it, people are fucking shysty nowadays. You piss off the wrong person and you've got a Google review or a tweet or something crazy with your name on it. And people don't understand the ramifications of costing someone their livelihood and costing them their job. So at that point, as a bartender, for those of you who don't know, it takes, I mean, we go through tests, we go through getting our liquor license, and your livelihood is in my hands while you are out. So if you are hammered, if you are acting a fool, I have to be responsible for me and for you. And at that point, you know, I was recognizing that some people were coming in and they, I, shit, I have had bottles thrown at me, I've had cups full of stuff still thrown at me because I took too long to get someone's order like crazy shit so for me you know for those of you who know me I uh I'm not a very quiet person when it comes to disrespect (laughs) and if you disrespect me you're gonna know how I feel about it and I saw my first google review where someone had said Chino cut me off because Uh, she took too long to make my order and then wouldn't serve me like something crazy like that what this person failed to put was that I was serving another customer they were yelling waving money in the air which don't ever do that don't clap don't snap don't wave your hands don't wave money in the air that will get you drinks faster than anyone else and sometimes you just got to be patient so keep that in mind but This person failed to mention that they were waving money in the air, yelling at me, calling me baby, which don't ever do that either. I'm not your baby. Like, I'm not your, I'm not your baby. And proceeded to throw their drink at me to get my attention. So immediately I look at this person and I'm like, no, hell no, you're not getting a drink. And then they get on Google and they say something, but looky there, it was Chino upset me. So lo and behold, Enterprise didn't find out. It didn't cost me any issues with corporate, blah, blah, blah. So it was really, really helpful for me. Um, At that point, I recognized that that was what people were recognizing me as. So I changed my Instagram. I changed my Twitter. My whole family shit on my life. And they were like, who's Chino? That's What is that? Who's Chino? Blah, blah, blah. And they thought it was stupid. But now it's taken off. And now it's fed into something much bigger it's literally a persona so super thankful for that um off that tangent skipping past enterprise and bartinis at that point i have also worked at a nursing home to get my cna license i have continued bartending um currently a bartender i was coaching at my old high school i was coaching travel volleyball uh, I guess I didn't say that. I just assumed. Um, but <laughs> for those of you who don't know me, you would have no idea. But I was coaching volleyball at my old high school, coaching travel as well. Uh, still coach travel volleyball. Very blessed. Very passionate about it because not only do I get to be around the sport that I'm obsessed with, I get to mentor young women and help them, you know, find out more about who they are, how to navigate life, how to uh, embrace, you know, being so blessed to be an athlete, have the opportunities they have. So it's really an incredible experience. 
Um, and then I was working at a logistics company and then a country club. And now I work for an alcohol distributor. So it's, I mean, like, Oh, and somewhere in there, I forget my timeline. I'm going to be real with you. But uh, I worked at the YMCA. I worked at Bar Louie. Like, to say that I have worked everywhere is no exaggeration. And it's really funny because some people will be like, oh, I went to this place. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I worked there. Or they're like, oh, I met this person from the... Um, oh, yeah, I worked there. So it's kind of incredible because I've gotten to take, you know so many tools and so many amazing chapters in my life from those experiences. And I have to give myself a pat on the back because a lot of those jobs were at the same time. And I was hustling like two to three jobs on average. But at one point I was working five jobs, sleeping four hours a night. And in my brain, I was like, yeah, I'm tired. Yeah, this sucks. But we got to we got to go like we got to make money. So now being older, learning all the tools that I have, I'm like, I'm going to do this podcast and I'm going to perfect my blog and perfect this skill because it really fuels me. It's really things that I can take my lessons in life and who I am as a person and collaborate the two and hopefully just, you know, give people hope. I know it sounds silly. I'm not a celebrity. I'm, I'm, I was almost going to say I'm nothing special. I am special. I feel like I'm a bomb-ass human, and I do anything and everything I can for the people in my life, my friends, my relationships, my family. Like, I will go above and beyond for any human that is in my life, and that that's truly not an exaggeration. So I want to give people hope in those moments that you feel like you're alone, in those moments that you feel like absolutely no one could understand where you're coming from, like the moments that you do feel so alone and you feel like this like this journey is hard and life is hard like for anyone who's ever said that life isn't hard they're lying to you point blank they're lying to you can life be enjoyable yes it's meant to be enjoyable but there's also tough chapters that are going to come along and everyone navigates those differently so if we can navigate them together and you guys can get some sort of insight, whether it be from myself or from someone that will be on the show, just some insight to help you tackle those roadblocks and get to the next step that you're looking for as a human being. That's what I'm here to do. I will be moving uh, in about nine months and I'm so excited going back to school to get my psychology degree. I want to be a therapist and really just taking this blog and podcast very seriously. Um, I think at this point in my life, I have a gift and I want to share that gift. And if I can help people help themselves and help others, that's 1 million percent what's going to fuel me. So all of that rambling (laughs) and scattered timeline, that's just a little bit about me. I'm sure in this journey uh, with the feedback I will get to know the audience a little bit better. You'll get to know me a little bit better. Just depends on the subject, depends on the topic, like what we have going on. Oh, wow. Subject and topic are the same thing. Um, Like I said, I'm nervous. I'm still just sitting in my room alone and I'm nervous. Uh, So I guess I better get (laughs) better at this before I go in the studio and start interviewing people. And that's another thing. Shout out to Schaefer for 
letting me use this laptop for the editing software since we found out that my laptop is a glorified Chromebook. And shout out to Matt for lending me this amazing microphone and mic stand just to get the ball rolling and helping me accomplish the next step in my dreams. Um, And yeah, I honestly, that's pretty much it. That kind of sums up in like a quick summary of who I am, you know, what I'm trying to do with this. And I just really hope that you guys are inspired, that you are thinking, that you are excited. And I really hope that I can bring some sort of positivity and honestly different types of mindsets to your environment, whether that be through the blog, whether that be through the podcast. The whole goal is to write summarizations of my thoughts on the blog and give you kind of a preface of what I'm going to be talking about and then dive in deeper on the podcast. So if that's something you're interested in, you know how to find it, all of the social medias and (laughs) yeah, Life is beautiful, guys. I'm super thankful that you took the time to listen to this first episode. I'm sure I'm going to listen to this in a year and be like, whoa, buddy, how different things are and how different I sound. And I'm just really, really excited for the journey. And I'm super thankful for anyone who is by my side along that journey. So have a fabulous day. Be sure and reach out. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you like. Don't tell me what you don't not yet. Let me enjoy this. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Tell me what you think would make it more meaningful for you as a listener, because that's why I'm here. The audience is the reason I'm here. I'm here for you. So whatever I can do to make that experience better. And I hope you guys have a wonderful day. And thank you so much. Once again, I'm Chino. And I look forward to this freaking amazing journey of life and figuring out who I am, who you guys are and just taking the next step wherever and wherever that may be. Thank you guys for listening to Chino's Best. Be sure to check out the Instagram and Twitter pages at C-H-E-E-K-N-O-W-S-B-E-S-T and follow each week for new topics. Click the link in either bio and be sure to subscribe to the podcast and the blog. Special thanks to sponsors involved and remember, you're not alone. I'll prove it.